Welcome to another edition of Take the Hill. It's a leadership podcast designed to connect you with influential members of industries who are exhibiting great leadership. And we are super excited to have with us this morning, Dr. Sarah Beth Burke, who has not only done some TED Talks, but also written a great book, which she's here to talk about, uh, that I think is very relevant to the time uh, that we're kind of going through today. Uh, we are also excited to have Dean Tanzilli from the Rural and School Business back as guest host. So Steve, welcome, and uh, let's uh, turn the show over to you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And thanking, uh, thank you for having me back. And it's great to see uh, Dr. Sarah Beth Burke with us today. Uh, and as Patrick alluded to, uh, your book, uh, More Than My Title, uh, speaks about uh, what it takes to be a hybrid professional. Uh, and nowadays, more than ever, it seems like we all uh, are working in this, this hybrid uh, space. Uh, so before I get into the questions, and I know you have a great presentation you want to share, I, I just want to uh, outline for our viewers uh, your background. Um, you do uh, refer to yourself as a hybrid professional uh, who researches hybrid professional identity. Uh, you call yourself a creative disruptor, which I love the term, uh, because you blend your artist, researcher, educator, designer identities to lead and create innovation strategies and radically connect resources and people uh, in new ways. So. What led you to uh, to writing this book, uh, and why do you think it's really more appropriate, uh, perhaps now than ever before? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. This is really exciting. Um, I love speaking about hybrid professionals because it's not a well-known term yet, and yet so many people are experiencing this tension of having multiple professional identities, and they don't know how to talk about it. So what led me on this journey was really having my own professional identity crisis. I found myself back in grad school. I was working on my doctorate and I had just finished being a teacher in the classroom, but I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. I knew I was more than that, i.e. more than my title. And I also didn't feel like I was just a student. That wasn't my identity. So I didn't know how to answer that. What do you do question? And I was paranoid when people would ask me that. So the journey began as a research project. I was working on my dissertation and talking to professionals about how do they introduce themselves? What do their jobs mean? What do their job titles mean? And lo and behold, I realized it wasn't just me experiencing the frustration of having multiple identities. So many professionals also have these rich, really diverse backgrounds, but they all look like just one job title. They're put into a box. So that was really the turning point where through some other aha moments, I realized you can integrate identities. It's not just be one thing or be multiple things. You can be them as a combination. And that's what a hybrid professional is, someone who blends and works in the intersection of multiple identities, which is a radical new idea for today's workforce. You know, we, and we uh, speak to a lot of our students and I, and I tell them, you know, you may graduate with a marketing degree or an accounting degree, uh, but very rarely are you going to go into industry and that is the only thing you're going to do. And what, I always, and what I always tell prospective employees uh, when we look at the job description is, you know, I had to write the job description a certain way, you know, to pass muster, of course, with uh, human resources. But really, at the end of the day, you know, the things listed in the job description are just a baseline for what you're going to do. And in all honesty, I really don't have a firm understanding of what exactly you're going to do tomorrow or the next day. 
Uh, and so you have to be adaptable. And that's why, you know, we look for folks that have multiple skill sets. Um, and that's always uh, challenging to, uh, to really articulate uh, in a way um, so it doesn't look like you're a master, you know, you're a jack of all trades, a master of none. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm really looking forward to digging a little bit uh, deeper with you. Um, so define for me, hybrid professional, like in its purest yeah. sense. My definition is a hybrid is a worker who has multiple identities and integrates them together, working from the intersections. So it's the integration instead of the separation of identities that is the differentiator between a hybrid and any other type of worker. And I believe you have a presentation that might be a good time to, to go through because it answered some of, uh, some of the questions that I, that I have as well. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm going to share some slides with you to give more background on being a hybrid professional. And then I want to also give a couple activities so you can put these ideas into action because it's really important to understand how hybridity applies to you. So the title that of this presentation is Become a Hybrid Professional, How to Brand Your Multiple Professional Identities. And if you want some handouts to follow along and do these activities, you can go to morethanmytitle.com forward slash handouts, and there's an identity word list, a Venn diagram, and an elevator pitch handout that you'll be able to download. What I want to share with you today are four objectives, which are these. First, I want to help you understand what a hybrid professional is. It's a really unique type of professional in the workforce, and it's been hidden until now. And when you understand it, it's really going to help you see why this is such an important and unique way to help you stand out in the workforce. This is really a differentiating factor. And that was objective two. Objective three is to gain tools to find your hybridity. I want to walk you through just a couple sort of snapshots of how to do this. And the fourth objective is to rethink what you call yourself in the workforce so it helps you better articulate your unique value. In today's landscape, so many people have the same titles, like I do sales, I do marketing, I'm biz dev, I'm a coder. But when you see a room full of people with the same title, you don't know what makes them different. So using this language and finding your hybrid title actually helps you express yourself so people understand, wow, I want to work with that person because they can connect you know, their, their marketing, event planning, graphic design together in a really cool way. So as Steve introduced me, I call myself a creative disruptor. That's my hybrid title. And that title is created from four of my primary professional identities, which are being an artist, a researcher, an educator, and a designer. And I combine those together to bring um, really interesting strategy to organizations and change systems. It took me a really long time to figure out this is the way that I want to label and call myself. And if you know much about identity research, identity can shift and change over time. So what I love about hybrid titles is the title I'm using today might shift in a few years, and that's fine because I'm growing and different identities are coming into my work. So just realize that your hybridity is something that you have control over. This is what I used to look like many years ago in my career. I had all these different roles in the classroom, doing facilitation, speaking, presenting, um, creating art, 
but people just saw me as one thing at a time. And that's not how I saw myself. So this is the frustration point that I was feeling. And as I mentioned, it's a pain point I've found when I've talked to so many professionals from physical therapists to financial analysts to startup founders, people just don't see all the things they can do. And that is a really interesting challenge in our society today when we're being stretched to do so many different things in our career. How do you make sense of it? So you can watch my TEDx talk where I give um, a really nice overview of this journey. But essentially, there's this image in the background on the slide, and it's a painting by Rene Magritte of a fish and a human combined. And typically, when we see a fish and a human, we call it a mermaid. But in this case, the artist reversed the two parts. So the bottom half is a human and the top is a fish. And we don't have a name for this creature. When I saw this image, I was like, holy cow, what is this? And that's exactly what I was feeling in my professional conundrum. I didn't know who I was, even though I was a whole new type of professional. I'm not just half a fish and half a human, right? So that's where hybridity comes from. And that's why I wrote this book about being more than my title. And you can find this on Amazon if you're interested in reading it. So here's where I want to start. There's sort of an old way of thinking about work and a new way that I want to present. And the old way of thinking about work kind of looks like this. Typically, a career advice advisor might mention, well, what's your passion? What's your purpose? What are you good at? And then you put those two together and that's what you follow in your career. But I think there's a missing element, and that's this new way of thinking about work. I think about work like a three-legged stool. You have passion and purpose, which are what you love and why you do what you do. But the third leg of the stool is identity. We don't talk about who we are. What do you call yourself when you're doing your passion and purpose? Now, if you're a student studying one major and you have a minor and an internship and you know a side hustle and these things, this probably makes sense to you because you're doing multiple things and you don't know how they fit together, but you have the power to call yourself what you want. That's your identity. So that's where this hybridity really comes into play because it's kind of connecting passion, purpose, and identity together. So let me just describe what hybrid professionals are and how they fit in. So there's three types of professionals in the workforce. The first type is singularity. That's where we have experts and specialists, people that really just have one work identity. The next type I call is multiplicity, people that have multiple work identities. We have a lot of names for this group, like job crafters, freelancers, gig economy workers, multi-talented, polymaths. I'm sure you've heard others. So here's the question. What if you're somewhere in between? You are really good at some things, but you also have a lot of interests and skills. Well, that's this missing type. This is hybridity where suddenly identities can overlap and intersect and you are the sum of multiple parts. So a hybrid professional is someone who's integrating different professional identities and working from those intersections. This key word that I'm probably emphasizing again and again is integration instead of segregation. I like to use the analogy of a pizza because a pizza is made up of a lot of different ingredients and you can eat the mushrooms and the pepperoni and the bacon and the olives one at a time. But the reason we love a pizza is because they're all blended together and they're melted and the flavor is just really rich and delicious. And that's how hybridity feels. I am the sum of being an artist and an educator, a designer and a researcher, and that's my creative disruptor identity. 
So what do you call your pizza that's really unique with your own flavors? That's what you have to figure out. And the key thing to really focus on here is it's the relationships between things. The relationships between your identities is what matters. When you can articulate and express that to a future employer or a colleague or a client, suddenly you don't just sound like a list of identities anymore. You really are able to explain the value between all those identities. Who are hybrid professionals? I want to give a few real-time examples. So celebrities and public figures can be hybrids. We know Michelle Obama and Lady Gaga and Bono because, you know, they sing, they dance, they act, they're philanthropists, they're activists. They have all these different ways that we see them in society. And that's why they defy a job title. We just know them by their name because they are the blend of so many things. But people that are everyday workers are hybrids too. This is a snapshot of different headers from LinkedIn. And you can see that people are listing different identities. Sometimes they use a plus sign or a comma or a slash. But then other people in here like Brittany and Jennifer have created whole new titles to call themselves. And those are hybrid titles. Brittany is a chief fire starter at Fireside. And Jennifer is the people operations extraordinaire. Well, I've never heard of those titles before, but they stand out to me. They get me excited and curious, and they stand out from people that are just listing a lot of things because it really shows they've thought about how to present themselves and brand themselves in this new way. So this is one way that hybridity can be seen just in the general landscape. Some other examples of hybrid branding are these. So you can see I put the primary identities first, like designer and engineer, and then the hybrid title might be a design engineer, or a biz development salesperson is a detector of opportunities. So by looking at the core identity someone has, and then using creative language and some synonyms and just new words, you can create a phrase or a title that is really different and, and makes you sound like you're not just like everybody else, you really bring something else to the table. So I mentioned the book more than my title, which really goes through the concept of what hybridity is and how to evolve into it because there's a developmental pathway that you kind of experience over time and really how the future is becoming more hybrid. You'll see hybrid jobs. And obviously with COVID, we're going through a ton of transition, hybrid learning, hybrid work, hybrid events. But the other part that's a companion to the book is the workbook. This is where I give really practical activities and tools because people ask, well, how do I find my hybridity? So I want to run through three of these pretty quickly with you to give you a taste of this. Again, these handouts are available at morethanmytitle.com forward slash handouts. So there's five steps to this process and they go like this. First, I have people name what they currently do. There's sort of a self-assessment to make sure you understand where you're at. I usually find out that people just start listing all kinds of things and they don't have a good sense of what they call themselves right now and what they do in the workforce. Then we start to drill down in step two to these activities, the things you actually do in your work that light you up and that helps you find your primary identities. We convert a lot of the skills into identity language. Then it's about looking at the intersections and investigating what's happening there. Step four is about hybridizing. That's where your hybrid title gets 
kind of designed and created and you look at new keywords that represent what you do. And the last step in this process is to own it because you have to feel confident to walk into the world and tell people you're a hybrid and this is your title. Mm -hmm. So here are three activities. The first one is pretty simple and straightforward. What are your professional identities? So when I ask that to you, I want you to reflect, um, are you listing a bunch of things? Do you, you know, help over here doing some graphic design and you build websites, but you're also a musician and you like to do some gardening and suddenly you just start to sound like a lot of things. That's what I want you to brainstorm. So if you download this word list, I've already generated about 100 different words on this list. And what I've done here is helped give you a jump start on what are different identities you might be that you're not even calling yourself. And so you start by circling all the identities in this list that resonate with you. And if there's any that are missing, you want to add more to the list, go for it. Um, you might realize, wow, I never thought of myself as a dynamo or an investor or an organizer or an enthusiast. And these are all nouns because they're identity words. So once you circle the ones that really stand out, then you have to narrow them down because your primary professional identities are the ones we're trying to target. That's what your hybridity is formed on. And you can have a lot of identities. You could have six and 10 and 12 or more, but there's really only two, three or four at the max that are your primary ones. And these primary, I'm gonna really restate this, are the ones you use frequently, probably about every day, because they are so important to you that if you don't get to use them, you feel like part of yourself is neglected or not able to show up. So you, those other identities are your non-primaries, the ones that you don't use every day. Maybe you only do graphic design once in a while, or you are doing gardening just on the weekends for a volunteer thing. So primary versus non-primary professional identities is something to really get clear about for yourself. These are Venn diagrams to demonstrate if you have two identities, there's one intersection. Three identities, there's four intersections, and four primary identities will give you nine intersections. So you can see it gets more complex the more identities you have. So this is a, a Venn diagram of three identities, and what we're going to start to do is investigate what happens when you're in those intersections. For example, my three identities are artist, educator, researcher. And the activity two question here is, who are you in the intersections of your primary professional identities? And what that really means, because that's a hard question when I just ask people out of the gate, who are you in your intersections? They go, I've never been asked this. I don't know how to answer that question. Mm -hmm. So to reframe it, what are you doing in the intersections of your primary professional identities. Again, that's a really hard question to just think about when you've never really done this work before. So the way I really come at it to help people find an easier entry point is what are you doing when you feel your best and brightest in your work? Most of the time, people are aware of their feelings. They know when they're losing track of time, when they're excited about their work, when they're in their flow. And those are signs that you're probably in an intersection. For example, when I'm blending my researcher and designer identities together, 
I've noticed that I'm in meetings and they actually, actually am having people do role plays to understand some user journeys and personas while we're in the meeting. I've never seen anyone do that before. And that's an example of my hybridity. And I never realized it till I started doing this work. Some other clues that reveal your hybridity when you're looking at those intersections are ask yourself if you ever try new combinations of things. Are you hacking a process? Are you inventing something or creating a new way of doing something? Also, any place where you possess rarity or onlyness, that means maybe you're the only person on your team who invites people to events because you notice that builds relationships. That's, that's a space where you're doing something different than other people. So rarity and onlyness are also signals. The other one that often comes up in hybridity is seeing connections and patterns that others don't see. So making sense of data, noticing that a bunch of users are really excited about, you know, using Twitter or something and other people aren't noticing that and you're making these connections. That could be a sign of an intersection. So coming back to the Venn diagram, you take your primary professional identities, you put them into your circles. And then I know this image looks really crazy, but it's this idea that I want you to forget about your primary identity labels because those labels sometimes hold us um, and, and constrict our mind. And instead, I want you to wonder, what are you when you are, in my case, an artist and educator at the same time, an educator researcher, an artist researcher, or in the center, all three of those, the artist educator researcher. So for every intersection, you're almost adding together your identities to suddenly think about who you might be when those are happening at the same time. One way I like to do this is to make lists. So I challenge you to put your identities together and then start brainstorming different things you might be doing when you are bringing those identities. So my artist and researcher identity list, I think I'm creatively looking at data and I'm making sense of data in new ways. I'm using mixed media art methods and visuals to translate information. So I just started reflecting and thinking about my work and making lists of what I think I'm doing when I'm blending my identities together. Because where that takes you, again, forgetting about the terms artist and researcher, those primary identity words, where that led me was seeing new patterns that were happening across my intersections. And I saw the words creativity and you know using art and being creative, that was appearing a lot. I also saw phrases and terms like challenging and pushing and thinking outside the box and disrupting. And that's where these ideas of being a disruptor and being a creative started to emerge. Those were key terms I'd never thought to use for myself before. So that was how my journey of my intersections took me to my hybrid title. Briefly, here's a story about a woman named Jenny that I helped who, when I met her at first, she was calling herself a head of marketing. When we worked on her primary identities, we found out she was a marketer and a storyteller and a badass as these primary identities. So her hybrid title that we eventually got to was groundbreaking storyteller. That sounds and feels a lot different than head of marketing. And Jenny, when, th when that revealed itself to her, she was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. And then right away she said, but I can't call myself that. And I said, why not? And she said, because that's not really who I am. I don't do groundbreaking storytelling. And I said, 
well, let's look at your evidence. Tell me about your work projects because you've done some amazing work. You've gotten awards. And she said, well, I'm just not at the level of Facebook and Google. And she had this idea that to be this title, she needed to be so huge in the world. But really, it was just about showing her her own work and her own evidence to help her realize she is groundbreaking in her own way at the level of work she was doing in organizations. So that's the confidence and owning it part of this. To kind of wrap things up and then we'll have the last activity in a moment, this process is professional identity math. That's what I call it. It's about branding yourself. I think there's four different types of math you can do. You can add words together, like artist and entrepreneur can be an artpreneur. You can also modify words. You can add descriptors or adjectives, um, language in front or after a word. Like if you think you're really good at uh, uh, solving things, you're a solver. Well, what kind of solver are you? Are you a serial problem solver? Get more specific. The other tool you can do is reducing. So if you have a really long title like social media storyteller and marketer, the shorter condensed way to say that is social story magician. And the last idea for professional identity math is to substitute. So if the idea here was complex systems problem solver, what are different ways you could say that? Maybe it's systems wizard or complex challenge solver or wicked problem whiz. All of this is really about letting go of old ways and old language and coming up with new fun terms that aren't too obscure, they're not too crazy, they're still sincere and authentic, but it really says something about you that you're not explaining when you just introduce yourself as, hi, I do marketing. That's just such a simple way. Giving more of these descriptive um, hybrid titles really reveal the truest form of your professional identity. So that leads to activity three, which is how to introduce yourself as a hybrid. So you have this new title, like Creative Disruptor. How do you share that with people? So this handout is also part of the downloads, and it's a three-part introduction. I call it the hybrid identity elevator pitch. It starts with, I'll read through it, and then I'll tell you how it works. I go, hi, my name is Sarah Beth, and I'm a hybrid professional. I call myself a Creative Disruptor. That means I combine my professional identities of being an artist, educator, designer, researcher to innovate across systems and radically disrupt old ways of doing work within nonprofits. So that was maybe a 10 second introduction and I really hit a lot of key talking points. The beginning right out of the gate, I say I'm a hybrid professional. That term hybrid is a really good clue word for your listener. They know what a hybrid is, but they probably don't know what it means for you, and they haven't heard about it in a professional sense. So they're going to be intrigued. If you have your hybrid title, you can add it in that moment. And if you don't, you can skip that part. Then they're automatically going to anticipate, well, what are the parts of your hybridity? So that's why I came out and explained, well, let me tell you my different parts. And then the third part of this is the relationships. I gave a really short, about one sentence, explanation of how my identities fit together, why those identities are really so brilliant and powerful when I use them as one kind of collective identity. So that is my overview of hybrids and being a hybrid professional. Again, you can find my book and my workbook online on Amazon, and I'm so glad I got to share this with you.
Yeah. Sarah Beth, it, 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 it's great. And, um, you know, the exercises I really find very beneficial, and I think our students are really going to enjoy them. The, the biggest challenge that we have many times is uh, talking about ourselves, right, whether it be in a resume or giving that elevator pitch. And it's a real challenge for students um, to do that. It's hard for me, right, to, to yeah. adequately, I think, define who I am on a resume or in that quick 30 seconds. Going through those exercises, I, I really do think it makes it a lot easier uh, to have people more accurately describe themselves and then describe themselves in a unique way that will help yeah. set them apart you know, from other people. Um, so, yeah, I thought the exercises were, were great. Um, one of the interesting pieces of research I saw in the book was uh, the number of jobs that uh, recent graduates are going to have in their lifetime. And I think your data said anywhere from a, um, almost 12 jobs during their, their career. Um, and so what I tell students is, you know, that your first job is certainly not going to be uh, your last. And many people, when they get to the pinnacle of their career, overwhelming majority of the people that I've interviewed, when I asked them, did you think you were going to be doing this? The answer is no, right? No, yeah. no idea. Right? I started here and who would have thought? Um, and on that point, your book talks a little bit about the difference between identity and reputation. And I thought that was um, something that I'd like to talk a little bit more about that we can share with our, with our students. Yeah. Um, do you want to add a little more background for me, Steve, so I know yeah. what's on your mind on that one? Yeah, no. So I, I guess, you know, you know, I started my career as a lawyer. I right? never thought that I would ever be uh, working in education. So it's OK that your identity right, can change as you go uh, through your career. There's nothing abnormal about that. Um, and it's something that, you know, you should should embrace and not be uh, scared of. Oh, completely. So, I mean, if you think about my research, I call myself a professional identity research, but identity yeah. is who we are. Mm -hmm. It's how we present ourselves to the world. And identity is comprised of race, class, religion, um, you know, gender. There's a lot of different slices of our identity. And if you think back to who you were 10 years ago, you weren't the same person right. besides just your career stuff. And so career identity and professional identity also shifts and changes. There are identities that are fixed for a lifetime. They stay the same. And there are other identities that are fluid. And then there's also this part about identity where it changes in the moment, like in the context. So if I walk into a room and I'm networking with professionals, I'm going to present myself one way. And then if I'm hanging out with friends at happy hour, I'm going to present myself a different way. So we are constantly these shape-shifting individuals but I think there is an old um, mindset in work that you have a career for a lifetime and, you know, it goes step by step in this hierarchy. And truthfully, if you're a hybrid, you're not having a linear career. You're the nonlinear individual. And that's why it's crazy. And you have to figure out how to tell the story of the accumulation of these identities over time. Because, I, yeah, I was an art teacher a decade ago. That part of me is still in me. I still think about how to use creativity when I'm, you know, building relationships with partners or building programs for nonprofits. That that's still part of my identity, even though it's not what you see. So, yeah, I think reputation can change. I think identity can change. But the, the key part is your title, what you call yourself. You own that. So I've worked mostly in organizations. I've had the title of director and program manager. But my hybrid title is the one that stays consistent throughout. I get to decide what that is, whether I have a job or not. 
And I think when we're in this society where people are um, being laid off and sorry, my dog's with me. Um, um, and changing roles when you lose a formal job title, mm -hmm. you lose your confidence. There's a lot of studies that show a correlation between your self-esteem and your work. Yeah. So knowing that you have a professional identity regardless of being formally employed is a new self-empowerment tool too. Mm -hmm. Can you speak uh, briefly about the role that the gig economy plays in, in being a hybrid uh, professional? It, it was a big deal before COVID and I think now yeah. coming out of COVID, uh, everybody's gonna be involved in some form or fashion in this gig economy. Yeah, the gig economy has been blowing up. I think it was 55 million strong a few years ago, and it's one of the fastest growing segments of the workforce. I want to be careful, though, that gig economy can be workers that fall into that bucket of multiplicity. So just having multiple identities, because if you're driving an Uber car and you're doing accounting, you might not be integrating those identities together. Some do, some don't. So some gig economy workers can be hybrids and others aren't, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But I do think with COVID, whatever old work identities people had, everything's going through transition work and the workforce and businesses are changing business models. So, of course, professionals are changing their identities, too. So people across the board need to be rethinking, who am I now that my work is changing, that my organization just changed? My identity is probably shifting. And so it's a period of reflection and going back to this point of the gig economy, I think people need to make a really strong um, like statement that they do different things and those things collectively used together add more value. That's your value prop. And that will make you more competitive in this moment when so many people are trying to figure out what their work is now. So yes, I think hybridity and the gig economy have some synergy, but also hybrids can be in an organization that, you know, they're not a gig worker. They can be doing many things. I'm sure, Steve, you probably have like three job titles just as dean and professor and faculty and all that. You are probably a hybrid in your own role. So mm -hmm. this is a pretty big topic. My, my final question, um, and you address it in the book, uh, when, are, when do you know you are truly a hybrid professional and not somebody that just kind of dabbles a little bit here and there, but actually somebody that is truly squarely fits your definition of a hybrid professional and then can really go out there with confidence and say, you know, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, there is a developmental piece. Um, I've learned that people can be more on the unaware or emerging side of this. They're like, I can tell I do a lot of things, but they don't know how to make sense of it yet. And so a hybrid professional, when you differentiate that part, they are very clear about their primary professional identity. I can just rattle it off and tell you, these are the three to four things that make me a hybrid. Um, they are aware of their intersections. They can tell you things they're doing when they're in that space where it's in between everything. And they um, have learned how to, how to brand themselves and articulate it very clearly where their value prop is very strong. So people that are not in their fully established hybrid selves are more wishy-washy and uncertain about their identities. They don't understand how or when they connect together. Sometimes they see an intersection, but they don't know how to stay there. Um, so they just are building their self-awareness and building um, more of their sensitivity around what do I call myself? So that is the process of this journey. 
Some people learn it earlier. Some people it takes more time. Some people never will see it. And it's really being a hybrid is up to the individual. It's not like you go around the room and declare people are hybrids. If you feel like you are one and you can describe it, then you probably are. Mm-hmm. Well, the book is more than my title. And what I really enjoyed is it's moving this hybrid uh, definition into the mainstream. Uh, and it's uh, hopefully going to be looked at as something as nothing but a positive and actually demonstrate that somebody is very focused you know, on multiple tasks and they can accomplish multiple tasks and responsibilities in a professional manner. So I thought the book and the workshop uh, workbooks were great, and we were really looking forward to sharing it with our, our students here at, at Point Park uh, come fall. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a powerful tool. Um, and I do believe more of the world is becoming hybrid, and this is the time to have the language. So thank you so much for bringing me on today. Well, we really appreciate your time, and I uh, wish you the very best with, uh, with your book. Uh, Take Dr. Care. Burke, Dr. Burke, I had a question. I hope you don't mind me jumping in here. Um, I consider myself a hybrid hybrid professional, uh, but I was kind of forced into being a hybrid professional, and only because of what I do. Um, so my question would be, uh, for someone who, for my generation, I would probably prefer to not be a uh, hybrid professional. So what would you recommend or what advice would you give somebody uh, so that they could use it and use it to their benefit instead of always looking at it from a, a negative standpoint. Yeah, that's really interesting. I really try and ask people to think about their hybridity as the identities that light them up, that bring them the most joy, because I think your intersections are sort of the the sum of all of that really good energy and skill and thinking. And so if you're combining identities in there that you really don't want to be doing the Excel spreadsheets or you don't, you know, love working with um, big audiences or whatever, then those identities probably aren't really lighting up your hybridity. So I, I think hybridity comes from a place of doing the things you love to do and knowing that those are your truest form of yourself. And when you can share that and express that, that's why people want to work with you. It becomes very attractive and um, intriguing. So I think it's really just if you were forced, quote unquote, into hybridity, um, maybe that's not actually your true professional self. It's you still have to have ownership over what part of your hybridity you want to be known for. And whole I have noticed that the more I use language to other people of how I want them to see me, they start to echo it back. So if I don't want to be seen as the event planner person all the time, I start talking about myself in other ways and show my value in other ways. And then that part of myself that maybe people thought I was starts to diminish. So play with that. See if that helps. Great question. Thank you, Dr. Burke. And again, my follow-up, I think my last question would be, and this is related back to finding that courage or finding your voice. What other steps or ideas can you recommend to not only students, but professionals who are, you know, they work through the worksheet and they got it and they're ready to go. Uh, but it's just that, that last extra little push. Yeah, certainly. I've seen the most success with this work when people do it with other pairs or partners or friends with them. So it's good to do a lot of the self-reflection on your own, but ultimately having a really close colleague sit and talk with you and you get to practice your hybrid title on them and see how they react. Or friends and family, you go, 
hey, I, I'm calling myself a creative disruptor. What do you think? And they go, oh yeah, that's interesting. Or they go, what are you, what do you mean? That's feedback, right? That's part of being an entrepreneur too, is the iteration and experimentation. So I think before you go out into the world and just announce, I'm a hybrid and here's my title, you want to practice and do it in safe spaces. And if your title isn't working, like Creative Disruptor was not my first attempt. It was probably my 10th try. You get to see how it shapes and, and give yourself a little bit of space and time before putting it on your LinkedIn or putting it on a business card. Um, and let this process be fun. I think it really is when you, um, you can see yourself better when you're not taking yourself so seriously. So get feedback from people, practice it, and then you will know it feels right when you say it out loud and you feel good about it. And, and you have to own it. And that's yeah. what I think is so important. Yeah. Thank you. Well, uh, Dr. Sarah Beth Burke, again, I want to echo Steve's uh, comments. Zan, we really appreciate you taking the time uh, for joining us today. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. And I think, you know, the message that is kind of wrapped up in both your TED Talk and your book uh, is very apropos to what we're experiencing now, uh, both with students as well as professionals. Because, uh, again, I think there are times where, you know, we're really good at the passion and purpose, but that identity gets skewed towards what we do as mm -hmm. opposed to who we are. And I think this is a great tool that illuminates the fact that we're more than, as you say, more than just our titles. And, you know, that professional conundrum that we all experience, you know, going through these steps will, will enable us to kind of as you said, find the courage to, to become that true hybrid. Yeah, I think my dream is that someday you walk into a job interview and employers go, so tell me about all your different identities and how they fit together. That would be like outstanding. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. And I think this will maybe serve as that springboard to maybe seeing that someday. And uh, I, I, I agree, you know, especially like I said, with the background, looking at leadership and organizations, it's it would be awesome if all my employees can come in and say, yeah, uh, maybe I am marketing or public. I'm the creative storyteller or, you know, whatever the, the hybrid title you come up with. Because um, yeah. I think that's already those conversations put you so far ahead. Right? I think so. Absolutely. It's a new world. It is. So, well, we will make sure, again, to embed all of the resources and links to your websites in the show notes. Uh, so, like you said, people can find not only those resources, but your book and your TED Talk. And again, we want to thank you for being here and Dean Tanzilli for hosting today. Thank you for having us. Appreciate the time. It is our pleasure. So again, thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of Take the Hill. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you after you view this show notes. And again, questions, comments, please reach out uh, to us anytime. And we look forward to seeing you in another show in the near future.